Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Stirls. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing some real, real serious white nonsense here. Just, just really a return to form. We're back to straight people and they are so straight. Yeah, we, we jumped back into the straight world with um, a movie that is uh, so straight it's incestuous, which I don't know what sums up heterosexuality more than that. Um, it is uh, 2011's Crazy Stupid Love, directed by Glenn Fakara and John Rickwa. They are also the directors and writers of I Love You, Philip Morris, which is the episode that we just did. And this was written by Dan Fogelman, who is known for writing a lot of things. I mean, most notably that movie that he made that was supposed to be a big deal that ended up not being a big deal, Life Itself. Did you ever watch Life Itself? One of those like... No, I didn't. What was the vibe of Life Itself? Um, I haven't watched the whole thing, but from what I can tell from people who saw it, it was just like this weird, like super sentimental, super quirky. Like you can kind of see like what kind of tone it would have here where it's just like it's telling us telling stories about families and that's supposed to be like good oh yeah dan fogelman he's known for this is us he's the this is us guy oh right okay yeah might explain the sentiment here the mood whiplash the intensity something about this movie that really gets me is just like how intense all of these white people are. White people are so intense. Like, it's just like, they're so, I don't know, maybe it's just because they like, they all seem to have money. Like, you know, one thing that struck me is that like when Steve Carell gets kicked out of his house, he just immediately has another place and he calls it a crappy apartment, but like, it's really it's not nice. It's I, nice. I, I noticed, I was like, that's a big apartment. Like, yeah. that's a nice new apartment. That's like goals. Like if I moved into that, I would feel flush. I'd be like, I made it. (laughs) And like Ryan Ryan Gosling in this movie has a better apartment than Barney Stinson. Like it's so fancy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's apartment is like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I would, I would call it a condo or like a flat, like, it, it feels like you would go up an elevator and you would walk on and that would just be his whole apartment, like one yeah. half of a floor. Right. Um, yeah. He, he inexplicably has so much money and it is referenced at one, like a few points in the movie, like that his dad had money and you know, that's kind of how he got it. And then he just continued in business. It's, it's the very vague, like generational wealth job where it's like, my dad's in business and so am I. And I'm like, so your dad's in capital gains. Is that what you're saying? Like, like a little, let's actually talk about what it is. A little rich boy, a little, a little rich yeah. boy. Um, so crazy stupid love has one of those, you know, massive cast, you know, especially a thing. It was mostly in um, the 2000s, but I guess it it came up. Yeah, no, in, 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 in independent film, it came over to the 2010s, this whole thing where like a movie is bringing a bunch of actors together and connecting their stories 
um, not in a poetic way like Robert Altman or anything, but like just like shoving all of these white people at you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of white people and like, I mean, very famous white people. We have Ryan Gosling, we have Steve Carell, Emma Stone, Julianne Moore, Marissa Tomei, Anna Leigh Tipton, Kevin Bacon, Josh Groban is there. Yeah, we got, we got, um, you know, eternal character actor, John Carroll Lynch, who's, who's great. And if you think, if you don't recognize him by name, you recognize him by face, you know, he was in Zodiac and Fargo and like a lot of like, he was in um, The Invitation, which is a horror movie that I really like, um, Karen Kazuma. Uh, so he's, so he's in there. Yeah, and, he's everywhere. And um, we yeah. even have, um, we even have a little, little Joey King playing uh, the little sister, the the very young sister who went on to Joey <laughs> Who went, went on, on to, to Joey King? Yeah, like I no. Who went on to Snow? I was getting to it. She goes on to star in the Kissing Booth. The little girl in this movie who's like playing with Ryan Gosling and stuff. She's the star of the Kissing. I know. Booth. Well, that's what I meant when I said she goes on to be Joey King. Like I, it took me half the movie to 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 realize who she was because she's so little in this. I was like, I feel like I recognize that little girl but an older version. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, we covered her. <laughs> we yeah, covered and that. I mean, and like, there's some other like comedy, like like Beth Littleford is here and she's, and she was like a big comedy person. And she was one of the, the Daily Show's original correspondents. And she plays John Carroll Lynch's wife. And also I remember seeing her on VH1 a lot in the early 2000s. So it's just like, Everybody, everybody, everybody. And the story, it, it's its interesting. Like, you know, usually when you bring a bunch of actors together to tell an uplifting story, you know, there would be like some kind of like important theme. And this one is kind of just like love, man. It yeah. Means <laughs> you don't have to have boundaries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in some ways... Um, it feels like a very, very different version of, of also what love actually is trying to do, where it's just like, look at all these different people that love each other and how complicated it is, but like love wins. And like, it doesn't, because of that, like the, the message is both unfocused and not actually necessarily true. Well, yeah, I like, know it's very hard to tell what the message of this movie is because yeah. there are like a few, like the 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 giant thread is that um, Julianne Moore has cheated on Steve Carell with Kevin Bacon and she wants to break up and Steve Carell, you know, because this is an indie movie, he's got to jump out of that car. I mean, just like Lady Bird jumps, Lady Bird jumped out of the car after Steve Carell jumped out of the car. Maybe Greta Gerwig likes this movie. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's so, yeah, the, the jumping out of the car. I think, I think that... Um, Watching white people jump out of cars in movies is insane. They will jump out of the car for the most, like, regular conversation. Like, just this whole... Like, I love Lady Bird, but her jumping out of that car... Like, my mom... So it my is mom so would much. Come, my mom would come, will, like, find me on the side of the road and then beat my ass for jumping out of the car. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, no, my parents... 
I mean, it's always interesting to me with, with these, I mean, it doesn't really apply to Steve Carell since they're both adults, but like with Lady Bird or with these movies where like white teens lash out. Cause I'm like, Oh, that like, you didn't have parents that disciplined you or like religious no. parents or anything. Cause that wasn't my experience, but I definitely hung out with a lot of people who would like talk back to their parents and like, I remember very jealous of those people. (laughs) Yeah. Having other kids, parents be like, why can't you be nice? Like, you know, like Bronwyn. And it's like, I'm nice because I will get spanked. (laughs) Like, like, like I'm not, you know, like, uh, there's consequences and that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, no, we're not saying, we're not saying that you should spank your kids. If you no, don't spank your kids, that's absolutely fine. not. But I do absolutely think that not. like, but you can definitely tell like, like if there's no kind of, um, the parents who like don't have any boundaries with their kids. They're just and, like, yeah, oh, we're not friends. Thing. We're buds. And I mean, you kind of see that in this movie where it's like the kids are very chill. Well, at least Steve Carell's family, all the kids are so chill, like so chill with their parents. Like, so the so when we switch to um, Tipton's family, that girl, like it seems like a, it's more like a, of a kind of like traditional home in that sense where it's almost like Julianne Moore and Steve Carell because like you, you find out late in the film that they had their they had um Emma Stone when they were 17 you gotta wonder if like it was just like oh we're just we're just hanging out here we're just having fun <laughs> yeah yeah that that was the vibe that I got was that they were like well we had our kids young and so we're just cool with them and and it kind of just seemed circumstantial that their kids ended up like being pretty cool you know like yeah. and like we didn't really have to deal with that because we all just liked each other and got along which is great you know yeah it's like um, a very like Gilmore Girls thing where it's just like Rory just never rebels really and then when she does it's weird yeah it's like it worked itself out and we didn't have to figure out how to parent in a way that was constructive and not toxic so everything's fine <laughs> like, yeah um yeah so, so yeah uh so Julianne Moore cheats and uh, it's, um, I mean, <laughs> Kevin Bacon is is playing this character named David Linhagen, and people keep on referring to him by his full name, which is which is a very cute like thing in the script that like it's interesting that it made it into the movie. Like that's something that like if you're a script reader and you're just like, oh look, they just they they're doing a little something there. Like that's one thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I thought it was like a fun flourish. Um, but it's so funny to see Kevin Bacon. It's it's funny to see Kevin Bacon who I feel like you would only refer to him by his full name play a character that's always referred to by his full name. Like it just in some ways that felt meta to me. <laughs> Kevin, it's such an interesting thing that like, I mean, I I enjoy Kevin Bacon in movies, but it's always very funny to me. And this isn't the only one. Picture Perfect is another one where Kevin Bacon is positioned as this like sexy, like effortlessly sexy ladies man. And I can just never, I can never figure out what white people were what like what kind of different experience they're having with Kevin Bacon than I am like it's he's not ugly like he's like a handsome person like he really but he also has like very like pointy features and he kind of like he really makes those pointy features work for him but I'm just like it's weird how many times he's like a sexual object in a movie I'm just like Kevin Bacon 
I know it is very funny to me too. I don't really see it either. And not in a like, not in a body shamey or, or even that I couldn't see him being attractive, but it's the way that he's like the bad boy. It's like, he's the bad boy in these movies, this, the sexy bad boy, or, I mean, in this one, it's not even that he's supposed to be sexy. It's just like, he ruined the marriage and that set off this chain of events. And like, he keeps coming up by name also, in the bar. But he's also like going on his, He's also like going on his own journey too, where like he's just like, I've never wanted a woman like this before. Like he's like in his own movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he's just like on the side, like falling in love with Julianne Moore. And and she's just kind of like, I mean, we hooked up and now I'm getting divorced, but like, can we not? <laughs> can we not deal with your feelings yeah. right now? She just doesn't I have do. the energy for his feelings. And like on one hand, yeah. I mean, he knew that she was married. Like, what did he expect? You know, she's married with kids. On the other hand, I'm like, damn. <laughs> she really, she she really, like, has that power where she just tore up two men at once. <laughs> she really did. Like, there. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, like, it's weird. Because I, it's hard to have an opinion on Julianne Moore in this movie. Because, I mean, she's in a lot of it. But... She's a very passive character in it. She mostly is just like pined for and yes. like and you can tell from the very beginning that she doesn't actually want to be divorced because every single time he tries to end the conversation, he'll just be like, "Okay, you can get whatever you want. I'll do whatever you need. Just stop talking. I'm sad. Stop talking." And she won't stop talking, which just makes me feel like she doesn't actually want a divorce. She just, but it's hard to know what she wants. It's almost like she wants to. It seems like she wants to be wooed all over again. But I feel like there's a way that she could have expressed that that didn't include this. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's definitely what she wants. Because I mean, you know, when they eventually. I mean, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying this. <laughs> when they eventually reunite, that's kind of what he says is like, I should have chased you. I should have like fought for you and all this stuff. Um, and it's obvious that that's what she wanted. But it's like, for me, I was like, sure. But yeah, you, you could like, just, but all things are complicated, but you should communicate that because if you really wanted to get divorced and you didn't secretly want him to fight for you and he fought for you, then he would be violating your boundaries. So you're right. putting him like, in like a very weird position to expect him to know exactly what you want and like go for it. Right. Cause it's like his behavior is very like obsessive at times, but it's also just like, she wants it, which is, which is really upsetting that the movie kind of like justifies to us that she wants it. Like when he, like when he's just like hanging out outside her window and like, and like, like spying on her. And then you find out that she's calling him like for a fake reason when she's just like standing by the window calling him with like something about the pilot light. And it's just like this whole thing where it's just like, okay, so it's okay that he's stalking his wife. Because she wants to be stalked. I yeah, it's exactly like he's literally stalking her. He's in the dark in the yard watching. And then she's like, yeah, pretending that she needs something fixed so she can hear his voice. And it's and the movie definitely positions it as the sweet scene that shows that they both want each other. But I was just like, both of you have issues. <laughs> like, 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 
he is stalking, like you are stalking your ex-wife or your, your current wife that you're separated from. And she is calling you and lying. And that is why you are getting divorced is both yeah, of those no. factors combined. <laughs> like, it's what really David Lynn, like, like Kevin Bacon is really not the problem here. <laughs> like he's not even like a villainous person, like aside from sleeping with a married woman, sure. But he also isn't like, he he like makes advances on her but like he also you know when he like really likes her and like I feel like he believes that she wants like he really thought she was gonna get divorced and that doesn't justify anything but at the same time I feel like he's just like oh okay cool I'm down and then he's just there (laughs) yeah I also feel like I was robbed of a Julianne Moore, Kevin Bacon sex scene because as much as I feel like very neutral on both parties in terms of attractiveness wise, love Julianne Moore as an actress, but like, I'm not really into either one. I kind of would like to see like what that dynamic was because I was just so curious. Yeah, like they, they would have a very interesting like, it's very hard for me to imagine them in a sex scene, which is why I would want to see it. Yeah, but, exactly. Right, because either it would be, like, surprisingly hot or it would just be, like, really weird. And either way, I would be, like, very interested in that. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, a lot, of, uh, a lot of what Steve Carell is just doing is just, like, being sad and stalking, but also good, great news his son is also being a little creep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so his son, Robbie, <laughs> his son, his 13 year old son is in love with Annalie Tipton and who is his babysitter. And I do think that it's funny that he's 13 still with the babysitter. I felt like this is such a like weird white thing where it's like, it would have been weird if he was younger considering all of the sexual stuff. I mean, it's weird already, but at least 13, it's like, okay, he's about to be in high school, but it's like, he's 13. She's 17. There's no reason why she should be babysitting him. I guess she's maybe there for the sister, but we never like Joey King is so like, she's She's so like, just, I feel like she's just a plot. Like she's, they just use her to explain those things. Like they're like, Oh, by the way, she's here. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like she's there just to justify the fact that there's a babysitter because otherwise there's no real reason for the babysitter to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I kept thinking about that too. I was like, Hmm. And I mean, and yeah, I I stayed home alone when I was like 10 and, and like with my siblings, like we would watch each other, you know, once we were like 12, like, so it was weird that he would be 13 and have a 17 year old watch him. Like, what's she going to do? Like tell you to stop skateboarding. I mean, I, right, exactly. Yeah. Like when I used to nanny, I did nanny for a family where they had a 12 year old, but they also had two much younger kids and they were really rich. And so the 12 year old, like was not equipped to like put his four year old sibling down to bed because he just like, you know, didn't learn. So I would just tell the 12 year old to like pretend to not be on TikTok, like at bedtime. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it it seems like this kid is mature enough to where he could just watch his sister, but I guess like the babysitter is there so that he doesn't have to, so that he can just like fuck off. I don't, I don't really, I, I personally, I've never had a babysitter. We never had money for that. So I do not understand that. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, I feel like normally if 
um, unless you're like a rich family, if you have multiple kids and one's older, usually they end up babysitting, but that's just based on like my experience. But I felt, yeah, that I, it was hard for me to get past that. Just the fact that she was his babysitter, because even though he was creepy and I 8,000% was so glad she did not reciprocate. Cause that would have been creepy. Um, he was right about the fact that they were only four years apart. <laughs> so it was yeah, no, this it, weird thing where he's like, I'm going to be in high school. You're in high school. And she's just like, um, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm not attracted I, to you child. I mean, there's no way to be attracted to, he's just like, he's, he's a like, child. He's like, he's like a one third hair. Like he's got so much hair. Yeah, he is one-third hair. He's like a little baby. He's a tiny baby. What is she supposed to be into? And he's very much in that, like, phase of, like, love. Like, I mean, again, this made me think of um, Love Actually because of the kid in that who's so intense. Um, I mean, yeah, at least they were close and that girl was... I mean, yeah, that that was age appropriate. But just, like, specifically the boy being so intense, just him being, like love sucks man like uh like you know sometimes these girls they don't like me back and I still love them (laughs) like uh, like, okay child yeah this is just a child so there's that going on and there's also um so when uh Steve Carell is sad and like hanging out at the bars and missing his wife and talking about how she's the perfect combination of sexy and cute, which is such like something that I feel like would impress a 17 year old. But the fact that he's middle aged and still saying that is so stupid to me. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, okay, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I feel like if you've been married, you have more personalized ways of expressing yeah yeah not just like that's not like a unique sentiment it's like oh he always called me pretty and he called someone else pretty (laughs) it's like oh man that yeah that was weird um so yeah he's just doing a lot of moping and then meanwhile ryan gosling is like this like pickup artist character who like always gets women to come home to him and like you know it's not even and you know, I, I have to say, this isn't a Barney Stinson situation where I don't get it. I get it. Yeah. I totally oh, get it. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> Ryan Gosling. He's hot. And even though he is a slime bag at the beginning, um, I feel like he, yeah, I'm not going to justify his objectification or anything. Um, but it does feel very much like being a pickup artist um, versus Barney Stinson, who is just like a rapist. Um, right. and they're, and they aren't always the same thing, although there's a lot right. of crossover. It's just like, he's a very, like, Ryan Gosling in this movie is very condescending and very misogynistic, but he's, like, not dangerous. He just thinks that he's smarter than women, and at least he has the good sense to keep it to himself because he's wrong. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, like, you know, for the first half of the movie, he really does think that all he wants is, you know, to to turn it into a game, to turn hooking up into a game. Um, and so it's like, he sees Steve Carell being sat at the bar and he's just like, let me take you under my wing. Everyone's heard about your wife cheating. Like you've, let's get you some new clothes, which honestly I, I did kind of love the new clothes. Uh, oh, like the makeover. Yeah, no, it's like interesting because like he, the, the, the whole like, uh, this is how you get women that he tries to teach Steve Carell is bad and terrible, but you can tell that it comes from a place where he actually cares. I feel like 
Ryan Gosling's character has to have this pretense of, I'm going to teach you something to make friends. Like, I just feel like he really wanted a friend and that was his way of expressing it. And when they do become friends, I do feel like he really cares about Steve Carell. (laughs) I do. I think he really does care about him. And like, and honestly, especially when they went shopping, I was like, this is actually, if this was separated from all of the misogyny, this would just be sweet. Cause you're just like telling him things that look good on him. <laughs> like you're just like he telling him, yeah, he's just like, Hey, you should dress in things that fit you. And I was like, good. Like these are things that, you know, women do together a lot, you know, it's, yeah. like just go do that. Um, and when, and when the sales lady is like, yeah, I would fuck him. Like, I believe her. Yeah. Yeah. And then Steve Carell, I mean, Steve Carell is very good at being like the adorable dorky guy, you know, who's like, what you would fuck me. And like, but the best thing is like Steve, I think Steve Carell's hot. I do. I do too. I will say that like, I didn't start thinking he was hot until I started seeing him with facial hair, him clean shaven for a long time. Just was not hitting it for me. I couldn't well, yeah, stop you think of about, Michael Scott and yeah. yeah. And, and the 40 year old virgin, but him with a beard, that salt and pepper hair. Ooh. Very hot. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, um, I love, and like, the thing about it is we were just talking about this when we were watching How I Met Your Mother, how, you know, when these people, they get together so young and they've never had sex with anyone else. I'm actually fine when he's broken up with Julianne Moore. I'm fine with him having sex with other people. And it's funny that she's like all freaked out about it because like, presumably she has only had sex with him and David Linhagen. And so he gets to have sex with like nine other, eight other women. And like, good? Like he, maybe he learned some tricks. Maybe. Hey, he, like he's still, yeah. like, like A, you're the one who said you wanted to divorce. So like, you really, you're, you have a right to have feelings, but you really don't have a right to get mad at him for trying to move forward. B, like you said, he's still in love with her. Um, and right. maybe he'll learn something. You know, I mean, like right. you can go have sex with people too. Why don't you like go, Right, oh. exactly? I yeah. I'm like, people. I was like, that's not that's, that hard. No, it's not hard <laughs> like, at all. Like it's just especially if you're just sleeping with someone for one night, like go like give them a few you weeks. Know, you know, like it's not I feel like that's such a I, I always get bothered by the numbers. The the numbers. No, the numbers are weird. Yeah, and also and just like this like, movie. This movie takes place in a year. It's a year time span. Yeah, so I never like, I never realized that. I I didn't really track like how long the time frame was supposed to be, but a year make puts it even more in perspective. Yeah, well, because like at the end, like it's it's been a they somebody says it's been a weird year or something. Like somebody mentions that it's been a year, um, okay. which which like in like nine nine fucks in a year, like I I've, I've done way more damage than that. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um not, so yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's just such a weird thing, and it comes up a lot in the movies that we cover. It does. It's just like these arbitrary like pearl clutching moments of like both morality and shock at like someone having sex with a certain amount of people. And I'm like, it's really 
Now it might not be good sex and it might not be the most emotionally healthy um, experience every single time, but having a lot of sex <laughs> for Steve like, Carell, like, perfectly okay. Like yeah. I honestly, like if I were Steve Carell, I'd be like, uh, maybe you should have sex with a couple more people and then we can get back together. Cause I would want her to have the same experience that I had personally. Like if yeah. my partner and I broke up and I started fucking a lot, I'd also want them to fuck a lot. Just so it's just like, just so when it feels we come good back, we've even. had experiences. And, you, and if you want, if, if your relationship's in a place where you want to talk about it, then you have something to talk about. But if you don't want to, you don't have to, that's your experience. Yeah, you can just be, you can just like fuck nine people and then like never talk about it again. Yeah, like, it's very easy. It's fine, it's not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like it's like Ryan Gosling has this whole like you know broy pickup artist relationship with Steve Carell, and then and then we have Emma Stone. Yes, and then we have Emma Stone, and and the movie doesn't really explain why she's there until we have a reveal later. But you know, Emma Stone is basically like dating this guy who's just kind of like boring Josh Groban yeah which is so funny I just (laughs) I didn't even know that it was him like because I don't really keep up with that man but Kyle was like he was like is that Josh Groban I was like oh because I kept on thinking this white man looks familiar but I don't know you're like where do I know this guy from I don't remember his movies oh that's why yeah Josh Groban is just like I don't know I mean he's not like particularly anything he's just not very attentive and it seems pretty clear that he's not in a space to be in a relationship he's just kind of like oh she's cool and and yeah I mean and she deserves an interesting guy I do love that she's like introduced by talking about how she thinks that Conan O'Brien is sexy (laughs) I I enjoyed that too she's she's discussing that with her friend Liz with with her friend who is woefully underused really loved her I know I felt so bad for her because she was so funny and I hated that the movie just used her to like pump up Emma Stone and be like you're pretty you can do better and then they're like we're never gonna follow up with that friend again (laughs) um let's see I think it's uh, yes, it's Liza Lapira, and yeah, she she's great, and she should be in more things. Yeah, she, she was, was in this like she was in this like really um like short lived um sitcom that I liked called Traffic Light, and I hope she gets another sitcom. Um, but yeah, it's just like Emma Stone is just like she is the one that is like his match, which I also think is very interesting because like when he's hitting on her. Ryan Gosling. When Ryan Gosling is hitting on her and talking about how she's like the sexiest woman in the bar, he's like, you know, I think that a bunch of women in this room are hot, including your friend. And then the friend is like, I love you. <laughs> yeah, is, and yeah, the I friend love how is like, so down. And um, I felt bad for her because she's so obsessed with him. I'm just fixing my uh, my yeah. my smoke alarm is beeping. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She is. She's so obsessed with him. And then she doesn't really get like, I wanted her to find love too. Like even in just like a little button, but, um, yeah, she was so cute and so funny, but I do think that it's, I do think that it's interesting. Like, I mean, it, he falls for Emma Stone because the plot says so, but I do find it interesting that like he, his opinion of her is that like her essence or whatever that she's like the sexiest woman in the bar. And like, 
I think that Emma Stone is super, super cute, but I never really think sexy. And I wonder if it's like this whole thing where it's just like she's the one in the bar that's trying the least. That was my take because I feel like even the movie knows that about her. Like, like when she does end up having sex with Ryan Gosling, she's like kind of being silly and kind of killing the mood in certain ways because she's like joking and he's trying to be all serious and hot. And so I felt like he was attracted to her because she wasn't attracted to him initially. It was very much like, oh, you don't really care about me. And she's just like, no. (laughs) Because Emma Stone for me just looks like adorable. I can't get to hot with her, but I'm just like, look at that little face. Yeah, she is adorable. (laughs) And she's like very expressive and... It make like they make sense to me. Um, they in this do. Movie. They, they look. They look good together. Which, yeah, are, which I mean, you know, I mean, they went on to do La La Land together, and I get that because they they look good together. Although, like, I think that Ryan Gosling, I feel so bad that his misogynist role, but I find him way hotter in this movie than I do in La La Land. I guess I prefer pickup artist Ryan Gosling to talking about jazz all the time. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You know, there it is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 weird. I feel like Ryan Gosling is one of the few actors that can get away with playing a pickup artist. And even though it ages poorly, he doesn't. Like I was watching it. It's like it's 2020 and I should be mad. And it's just he's so yeah. cute. He's so cute. He's I so can't cute. be mad. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not mad at him because, A, his character changes and I believe it. Like, his character never felt that down the rabbit hole of being a pickup artist, which I think is why I'm not as angry as I would be. His character just feels like he's having a weird moment and it doesn't make it okay, but it's very much, like, temporary and he acknowledges that. And it's easy for me to know that that's not Ryan Gosling. That's not his his life or his choice. Right. Whereas with it's like also- Neil Patrick Harris, I'm like, I've heard that you're a nightmare to work with. So when I see him as Barney Stinson, you know, and obviously he also doesn't like women. So like, like yeah. he's not like he's harassing women, but I have heard that he's um, not yeah. fun to work yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. It's like, also just like... <laughs> Oh, Ryan Gosling, he just, I was thinking about like when this came, when like the Hey Girl memes, or it's like, hey girl, you can, <laughs> did you ever see yeah. the Hey oh, Girl yeah. memes? I remember those. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Hey girl, you need to get that vinyl. <laughs> it's so funny. Like that was such a thing. I feel like that was like, uh, when was the heyday of that? Was it like 2011 or something? 2010? It was like, I was, I was definitely in, it was in college the first time around. So yeah, yeah. it was like the, the early 2010s. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember like we're studying a final and like being freaked out. Then my friend is sending me like a, Hey girl, meme. Hey girl, you know, you just got to study for a couple more. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I, I definitely liked those. Like, I do um, too. He's so good. I just, I just love him so much. I really can't. It's so hard for me to be like, uh, I mean, I haven't heard perspective. anything about him. Like that's, you know, like I haven't heard anything where he's done something awful. So, so I hard. like him. You I know, just, I'm not like, I'm not like part of a fan club page where I post pictures of him every day or anything but um 
I don't know. I feel like some people reflexively think they have to start hating someone after a certain point, which is kind of depressing. Like, especially yeah. with, with um, actors, like they're like, oh, well, I was so into them that now I can't like them because that's embarrassing. I'm like, no, I still like Ryan Gosling. No, it's not embarrassing uh, to like Ryan Gosling. He's yeah. really hot and He's charming. Really hot. He's a really good actor. And I love his and I love his voice. Like he says lines in this movie that are just the cheesiest shit of this. He just has like this voice where it's just like he really sells it. Well, yeah, and like you can feel his commitment to his roles, no matter what the role is. And that's sexy. Yeah, like the fact that he takes this rom com seriously and that he's giving like a real performance in this movie, where I feel like a lot of guys would just like be like, well, I'm just here to get a paycheck. But he's just like, like, like I think about comparing him to like a Justin Timberlake in a rom-com. It's just like night and day. Like Ryan Gosling is doing so much more work, like well, with his you, with his face, with his voice, with his body. Well, can you imagine if like, um, yeah, I, I was thinking about how this movie, I, I, even though it, there's very dysfunctional themes, I still had a lot of fun watching it. And it really is the casting because some, so many of the main characters are actors that are very much always committed. Emma Stone is always committed. I've never seen her not go in. I've never seen she Carell not go yeah. in, you know? And so I was like, yeah, it makes sense that when this came out, everyone was like, or not everyone, but a lot of people were like, wow, this movie's great. Because this movie, this movie was a big fucking deal. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with, like you said, everyone being committed and also just like the main the main couples as in like uh, Steve Carell and Julianne Moore and Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling have chemistry. Like they make yeah. sense. Yeah, you believe them. You believe that there are emotional stakes. You believe that they're attracted to each other. And so like you're in um, and a lot of ridiculous stuff happens. So you're also like, whoa, what's going to happen next? You know, so... In that way, I mean, it's still successful. It's just a question of, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what the question is. Um, but, you know, but we should say uh, there is one person who was really not served in this movie, and it is Marissa Tomei. Oh, and yeah. I, I am so tired. I, until I started doing this podcast, I never noticed it. She is constantly playing thirsty women, and I don't and feel, so I feel... So weird. I don't understand where this came from, but I, I mean, obviously I've noticed that alongside you when we've covered movies that she's in, it's like, why? It's not that you can't be extremely attractive and thirsty. Like it doesn't really matter what you look like. You can be thirsty or not. But the fact that Marissa Tomei is always these women who, who are like pining after guys who just kind of forget about her. I'm like, she's so like magnetic. (laughs) It's very hard for me to believe. She's, she's so she's magnetic. So, yeah, she's so beautiful. She's so funny. She's so charming. Like, it's just, stop treating her like It's so weird. Like, and sometimes, I mean, I do often just go back to, okay, who's behind the camera? You know, who's directing this one? And like, is this, is this man like projecting his insecurity about her like he's intimidated by her so he has to make her this like ridiculous character I mean and maybe that's just me reading into it too much but I do think about the forces in Hollywood and how certain women are cast um based on the I feel like Hollywood men in power you know and I'm like I feel like Marissa yeah. it's like they couldn't just let her shine they have to like 
make an excuse. They they have to like find a way to make her less something, less sparkly. Well, I feel like Hollywood like really doesn't like like cute women. Like they like beautiful women, but like it's like they're she's cute. And it just makes her, in some way, they kind of, like, make her seem like a little little squirrel, like, always trying to get a nut. Like, it's just, like, just why? <laughs> like, it's just, like, yeah. I, yeah, it's, like, a woman can't be, she can be beautiful and unattainable, or she can be cute and thirsty. And it's, like, we could just... <laughs> well, because you can't be human, you know? And <laughs> if you're able to, like, express yourself and all these things, but also look a certain, like... God forbid a woman, like she either has to be so stunning that we just turn her into a statue, you know, or we're going to make her like a a punchline. Yeah. Because like the thing about Marissa Tomei is just that like, she's so like the way I love, she's a very physical performer and I really love just like, she just, she seems, she's so effortlessly sexy because like you can you believe like when she moves you believe that she's like a human being like you believe that she is just chill like she the way that she, well, she moves just has so much movie, life she's so yeah she's just so like comfortable in movies like she just like glides across the screen it's just like so she's so it's like she's being punished for being so good (laughs) yeah absolutely it's like she just she just steals the scene and so they're like well we we know that she's just gonna steal the scene so let's try to make her a side character because she'll just like overpower everyone else with her charm yeah, and so this is just like she like she meets Steve Carell like after he's gotten all of his pickup artist training, and he like drops some lines on her, and they don't work mostly because she's sober, which I love. I love that Ryan Gosling didn't give him like a playbook for what happens when the women don't drink. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. It's all like you know, order her a drink even if she doesn't want one, which is very creepy. Um, you know, just like get a drink and give it to her and see if she wants to talk to you. And yeah, and he tries to like shove a drink at her, and then she's like, "I'm ten years sober," and he's just like, "And he's water, like, water." <laughs> yeah, I did love like that it exposed the farce so quickly. Like he was immediately like, "I don't want to do this anyways. Let's just talk." <laughs> yeah, and then he just like tells her everything. He's just like, "I'm obsessed with my wife, and I'm like stalking her, and I like miss her, and like Marissa Tomei because she's playing this archetype character that." she gets to play in every movie. She's like, wow, it's so hot that you're like, not okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, she's just like, wow, like you're so sad. I love sad men, (laughs) which, okay, same, but you know, (laughs) just so immediate. Um, It's so, yeah, it's, it's wild. And she, but she's so, she's so good. And then like, um, basically you figure out because everyone's connected um, that she is the 13-year-old son's teacher. And then she has such this really embarrassing scene where she just flips out at the parent-teacher conference because he fucked her and didn't call her again. And he just, I just, <laughs> this teacher, I just, I was just looking at this, a teacher doing this, I can't I can't imagine. Believe it. Especially because, like, was it, like, like, has she, if she's out at bars and like, I get the feeling this is just a suburb. It's not like a huge city. You know, if she's out at bars fucking, I feel like she's probably hooked up with another parent before, you know, a single parent, a divorced parent, a married parent, whatever. Like 
or or she's seen them on the apps or she's seen them at the bars. And so the fact that she's so like, what? <laughs> it's like, you know, that's a risk. If you date it's, a small pool of people, like there's always going to be that risk of connection. It's wild. Yeah. And like the fact that she, you know, because she makes a reaction so big, Julianne Moore finds out. And this is like around the moment where there are so many moments in the film where they're about to reconcile and then something wacky happens. And the Marissa Tomei scene is one of those scenes where she's like, oh, oh, okay. So you had sex with a woman. Well, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, um, like like Julianne Moore is just like, how dare you? And and then he's like, well, you cheated on me and wanted to get divorced. And it's just like, again, it's one of those scenes where you're like, this is what you need to go to couples counseling about, not the affair. This communication style right here, like, go figure that out. Um, yeah. Um. So those are all of the those are all the adult parts of the movie. And now. I personally think that we would not be doing this movie on the podcast if it was not for the kids, because what is going on with the kids is not okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, I think that the kids, I think the kids is what really sours this movie because for most of this movie, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time. Yeah, totally. But like, but the children, they're the son's plot and the babysitter's plot is really like two Terrifying. things that could have, I feel in my opinion, could have been easily deleted from this movie. Like, I don't see why we need it. They didn't add anything to me. And again, it, it did. I feel like keeping the kids in was the movie's attempt at having this message, but you don't know what the message is, but it's just like, love, look, love here, love there. You know, um, you know love, love is love all around everywhere. us. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so basically, the 13 year old is in love with the babysitter and is just like obsessed and obsessed with her in the very like movie thing, the whole movie thing where the where the young kid wants to fuck his babysitter, that whole plot thing. Like, I mean, I assume that those movies are written because the directors had that experiences when they were young, but I truly do not get it. And whenever I see it, I'm just like, there are so many girls your age. I just don't, like, there were times when I was obsessed with like, actors and stuff but like I don't know like there's just something about like a a person that's like I've never had that kind of when I was a kid I never was into the idea of like maybe I could like fuck an adult like I don't know it's weird like I mean in like it's kind of sweet when it's like oh I have a crush but like it just felt yeah like I had like a crush here I don't know um I mean, mostly I had friend, crushes on, like, my friend's older brothers, you know? And sometimes they were, right. like, it was weird. But, like, that feels pretty normal. And I didn't, like, try to find a way to get them, you know, to be into me. Like, I just secretly had a crush and, like, was awkward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, childhood crushes are, like, something that you're embarrassed by. It's very weird that this kid has this crush and he's just, like, won't stop talking about it. So really anybody that will listen. <laughs> just- yeah, he's so... <laughs> Like it's How funny. Is he not embarrassed. He's so confident. I'm almost like you're way too confident for a 13 year old, especially because yeah. it's not like you get the vibe that he's particularly popular at school. He's just like oh. a very popular, a very confident child, and he he's just and he's like a nerd. Him, he was like, like giving like a speech at graduation at the end. He's a little nerd. Yeah, he's just like obsessed with the fact that um, he needs to convince 
his babysitter that she really likes him back or that she should give him a chance. He's like, you know, it won't matter. Our age difference won't matter. I feel like it would make a lot more sense if there was a book he was reading or something he was reading or watching that was referenced that like gave him this idea. Like if he was like, I've been looking at this book. The book that he's reading in class is The Scarlet Letter. And what's so funny about it is that in this movie, The the Scarlet Letter is framed like a romantic story in this movie. And I don't get it. the whole movie, I was like, has anyone, like, read The Scarlet Letter that worked on this movie? This doesn't make any sense. They must have watched the Demi Moore movie, because that movie is a romance. <laughs> the Demi yeah. Moore Scarlet Letter. Have yeah, you seen I didn't it? even watch that version, so I only know the book. So I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Wait, 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 wait. You've never seen the romance... Okay, there is a Scarlet Letter movie where, like, Demi Moore is having sensual baths and, like having romance like Dimsdale's played by Geary Oldman and it's like a straight up romance and it's so strange. <laughs> like, that sounds kind of incredible. <laughs> that that um, does sound like pretty great. It sounds like whoever wrote this, like it sounds like Dan Fogelman saw the movie and is talking about the movie. That is genuinely what I think because like, it just doesn't make any sense. And also this kid, um, when he's like in love with his babysitter, he puts like a he puts like a scarlet J on his chest. I'm just like, if I were Marissa Tomei, I'd be like, I'm teaching this book wrong. Yeah, I would be like, what? Also, like, this is also like a very gendered book too. So he's really missing a lot. Of, he's missing multiple factors um, of what's going on. But yeah, he he does all these shenanigans to profess his love publicly. And it I mean, it's very manipulative and he gets called out for being manipulative. Like she's like, hey, I've told you no from the beginning. You need to stop this. And he just won't listen to her. He's like, no, I love you. And this is what love is. And I was like, okay, this kid, like it might seem harmless to people now, but if, if he doesn't learn, he's going to be abusive. <laughs> like yeah, that was my thought. He's going to high school, like, after this movie, he, like, goes to high school, and he's going to high school with that attitude. And also, I mean, it doesn't help the the gift that he gets at the end. Okay, I'll... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I, so in, order, in order to talk about that gift, we must talk about the other thing, which is that um, the babysitter is in love with Steve Carell, which... That's the storyline that makes more sense to me. Like, when I was 13, there's no way that I'd be making moves on people that are older than me. But when I was 17, oh, yeah, I wanted to date a grown man. And I thought it would be totally fine. I was just like, it's not a big deal. The age of consent is 17. I got it. Like, <laughs> I'm mature. I'm mature for my I, age. I can just I put some nice earrings in, put on some gloss. I can get like, yes. And like, I can, it's like, it's basically the kind, it's the kind of crush that you have when you're trying to jumpstart your adulthood. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And luckily, Steve Carell's not a a pedophile. So he's just like, like, she tries to tell him and he just kind of ignores her. And I I do love how much he doesn't engage with it. I love that he's just like, okay, honey, bye. He cannot be be bothered with this. No, he's just complete. Like, she's trying to show him and tell him multiple times. And he's just like, thanks for babysitting. Bye. Um, Which was nice. Uh, and sad that it was nice to see, but I was like, that's exactly how a grown adult should handle a teen being into them. 
Um, but it so escalates. She, it escalates because she talks to her friend. Her friend who, like, it's, like, one scene. She just, like, talks to this girl at school, and she's just like, oh, you've had a lot of sex, right? What do you do to get older guys? And she's just like, oh, well, you know, you got to take some nudes, you know? And so she just, she just takes a bunch of nudes and then leaves them in her bedroom in an envelope with Steve Carell's name on it, which of course makes her dad go and like, and that and that's when the movie kind of goes off the rails because when John yes. Carroll Lynch sees it, he he is running to um, Julianne Moore's house and Steve Carell is already there and he's trying to like surprise her and get her back. And then there's all these like shenanigans, like that's when... And so John Carroll Lynch is just like punching people. And then Ryan Gosling shows up and he's and he's dating Emma Stone. So he's getting punched. And then Ryan Gosling loves his friend. So he's punching John Carroll Lynch, which is very brave because John Carroll Lynch is like a stone man. Like he's a man made of stone. Like punching him would hurt your hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not do that. Like John Carroll Lynch in movies, he is always just like beating people up and punching them. And I'm always just like, this man is terrifying. Like, just leave him yeah. alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's like all of that, and then David Lindhagen shows up, and then the police come, and because they're all white, the police are like, listen, like we don't <laughs> The police are like, can we go abuse someone else? We're just going to leave you alone to have your fight. Let, me go find, let, let us go find some people who aren't white. You know, we're going to leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and like, Even though, like, people are getting hit, like, like so many, like, people could have been, like, David Linhagen could have pressed charges and he didn't. Like, I love how all these white people are just like, oh, it's assault, but, like, we're all white. Let's just move on. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. We all make the same amount of money. It's okay. Um, and I mean, I don't believe in the police, so I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they send them away. But it's also just like weird. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I agree. But yeah, I mean, that's when it blows up because here's the thing: this whole time, so you know, going back to Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell were friends, but then and and Ryan Gosling had hit on Emma Stone. Before he met Steve Carell, Emma Stone had rejected him. But then after she dumped Josh Groban for, like, basically leading her on and she just realized that she deserved better, she she goes, she goes drunkenly goes to the bar to hook up with Ryan Gosling and they fall in love. And he, Ryan Gosling does not know that Emma Stone is Steve Carell's daughter. So he's coming to meet Emma Stone's parents and then it's Steve Carell. So at this scene... We have all these fights. We have Steve Carell being like, oh, hell no. Like, I know what you're like, dude. Like, you are not dating my daughter. And then and then we have the babysitter's dad coming and being like, what the hell, Steve Carell? You're a pedophile. Like, stay away from my daughter. And then his daughter, the babysitter's coming to be like, no, dad, he didn't do anything. Um, and, then, and then, like, David Lidhagen's just there being like, oh, I really like Julianne Moore. <laughs> like it is I mean it's it's one of those scenes where it's the scene um when like, I, I would I went to school for um writing uh TV scripts and I took a lot of comedy sitcom writing classes and the scene where like everything crashes is, is what my professor would call the comic block where yeah. it's like all of the plot lines have been separate before and now they must come together in the most dramatic way possible and I personally think that my professor would love this comic block because 
It's so dramatic, like too dramatic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very much like here it is. And and again, I think that's one of the reasons that this movie was well received is because it was just like, here you go. Here's the comic block. And it is like a fun scene to watch, even though it's so over the top and like, would this happen in real life? And there's so many questions left unanswered. Um mm. Yeah, and I will say, like, probably the best sequence in this movie is the um, the Emma Stone and the Ryan Gosling falling in love scene, so that when we get to the comic block, it's like, yeah, they're not going to break up, because like, that love scene is actually, like... It's really well really done. Great. Yeah. Watching it, like, it's like, you know, she goes back to his place, but then they have inside jokes, and they just stay up all night talking, and, like, it's very intimate, and, like, there's that moment where he's fallen asleep, and she, like, kisses him on the cheek, and then, like, leans on him. It's very sweet, and it's very well done, and they have chemistry, and I was thinking, I was like, this is what so many of the movies that we cover need to try to sell the rest of the movie, like, um, so you know, yeah, you know that they're gonna... They're gonna stay together, even though Steve Carell's mad. And then, of oh course, my God. when Morris. he like li- when when he like lifts her in the air with the time of like like it's weird because like when he's describing it, like the fact that that, that that's his like getting them into bed scene after they've got, that's so elaborate. And I thought this is so stupid. And then he started doing it, and I was just like, I want that. <laughs> yeah, you're like. Oh, I would that would totally work on me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it would totally work on me. I want to be spun around while losing and thinking about Patrick Swayze. Like Patrick Swayze was a hot man. Like he was like he died hot. Like he was hot. So yeah, it was just like hot. so it was just like, yeah, like a guy doing anything that reminded me of Swayze is <laughs> that's good. No, <laughs> I was work. totally like down for that. I was like, hell yeah. You know? Sometimes I don't want to be um, critical. I just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's have sex. I don't want to unpack this. I just want to like do it. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So the biggest problem in the movie is the ending. <laughs> no, I just knocked over my microphone. That, it was your mic drop. <laughs> like, that was my mic drop. That. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not even like, you know, it, it ends in a very like indie white movie from the 2000s way where it's just like somebody is giving a speech and they're and they're sad and they can't finish their speech. And so then somebody gets up to finish the speech. And it's like the son is giving a speech to his eighth grade class. And for some reason, he's talking about love because this kid does not know how to like keep anything to himself and like understand yeah, that, like, and he's naming his babysitter to be like i love you and all this stuff it's so it's so weird that he like does not respect these other kids graduating that he just like has to be this way but then like then steve corral just like gets up and is just like my son's speech sucks and like it's my fault because it's my fault that he like doesn't believe in love anymore because I, you know, I'm not setting the example because I'm not with Julianne Moore and I've loved her since she was, he said that they like met when they were like 13 or like 12 or something. And he took her out for ice cream. And like, it was just like, I have loved the same woman for my entire life and I will love her forever. And then the kid is like, so, uh, (laughs) happy that he's just like oh yeah well I still love you I still love you babysitter and then he like talks about like her walking in on him masturbating and 
What a way to ruin that scene. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. And then afterwards, it's like everybody's clapping. Again, you know, this is such a movie trope. Like, everybody's somehow okay with this meltdown. And then, like, afterwards, the babysitter comes up to him and is like, hey, you know, like, basically, like, you know. Here's um, a gift for high school. Here's a gift for high school. And she gives him the nudes of her. And it's supposed to be, like... I feel like the movie thinks that it's sweet, which is so gross. I'm like, what is the moral that if you stalk a girl long enough, she'll give you nudes because you deserve them? Because that's also what she like, owes you for not liking her back? I Like, that made me so angry. <laughs> also, it's creepy of her, too. It's like, he's a baby. It's, it's, so creep, it's creepy of her to give a 13-year-old her nudes. It's creepy of him to keep them and it's also just like she doesn't know like what kind of person this kid is going to turn out to be and he's still going to have those nudes yeah exactly i was like this is totally (laughs) a kid that would post revenge porn because you don't like him back or something um like 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 just because he has nice parents doesn't mean that he's going to turn out to be a nice kid like he's nice now but like he's but he's also showing signs of like not really respecting women's boundaries so it's the worst thing that you could do is be like actually respecting our boundaries isn't that important here am I yeah here's here's something to tide you over until you finally are awarded the woman like the prize of a girlfriend yeah I that like I I can't handle that don't I I and the fact that that's really what ends the movie, like we yeah. end on this kid holding these nudes. Yeah, I, I, uh-uh. I don't, I, I don't understand why anyone thought that that was okay. It really like sours the movie. I mean, that those are those moments where I'm like, this is absolutely directed by a guy. <laughs> like, like you really didn't get any input. Two guys. Yeah, from two guys. Like you really didn't get any input. Like you're writing this from the perspective of like a grown man who's thinking about what have what would have been nice for you as a 13 year old, not what would have been appropriate, not what would have made sense for the young woman, like (laughs) for the girl. She's like 17. Yeah. Um that that was just so I was like, this is so uh exhausting, but also fits into so many of the movies that we've covered. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's a yeah, so it's a very weird it's a movie that probably like with a few script changes we wouldn't even need to cover here. And yeah. I feel like this is a great example of like men shooting themselves in the dick. <laughs> yeah, like like they were so close and they really did cast it well and like a lot of things did work. It was fun to watch. Like even with these bad parts, I still enjoyed watching it overall. Um it's not it's not one of the episodes where I'm going to tell someone that if they watch this, you know, they're they're totally wasting their time. But these are big enough issues for it to make sense on our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, like, it's one of those things where, I don't know, I feel like at some point, like, in Circa Tumblr, where everybody was just like, well, all these movies are problematic, and Crazy Stupid Love was one of them. And it's like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to just say something is problematic and then just be done. I want to talk about it, you know? I also don't believe in, like, disposability uh, as a means of critique, you know? Yeah, neither do I. 
Yeah. So it's not like, oh, this is problematic. So you're bad if you liked it or you're, you're bad if you watch it or in, or, or people are bad for making it. It's just like, oh, this is a way it didn't work because that's how art works. Sometimes things about it don't age badly. That's okay. It still exists. You can watch it. (laughs) You can still watch it. And like, it's, it's on, on the HBO streaming platforms, HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max, HBO to the third power. It's on them. So, like, there's nothing wrong with watching it. I do think that, like, you know, you yeah. could, I mean, you could, you could also watch something else, but, like, this is definitely, like, more, like, enjoyable to watch than, like, The Family Stone or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was one of the ones I've enjoyed the most in a while. So, I, I feel like, you know, you can watch it and just like watch it with your own critical eye and and see what you think. Um, it's it really like they could have just cut the kids. <laughs> yeah, the kids, the kids really the kids didn't just need really to. added like a level of discomfort and cringe that they could have just left Joey King, given Joey King some more cute things to do. I loved it whenever she called Emma Stone Nana. Oh man, my heart yeah. melted. That's so cute. That was very cute. That was very cute. Um, yeah I yeah mean, I had fun on this one I won't lie yeah no and I'm and I'm excited about talking about it I, I was excited about talking about it I'm glad that we talked about it I'm glad that I finished the movie because we were actually supposed to record yesterday but I forgot to finish the movie which like it's gotten to the point of quarantine where I'm watching so many different movies that I have like become my own film festival in a sense and I'm just losing I'm losing the plot <laughs> I was I was cracking up so much. I was like, that just cracked me up so much. <laughs> because I was like, I think we haven't quite hit record yet, but you were like, oh, wait, I haven't seen it. <laughs> You're like, I haven't finished the movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've never done that before. I've just been so exhausted. I've just been so high. I've been I mean, so high watching movies about cartoon squirrels. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, that's great. I support that. <laughs> uh, you know, quarantine has been very tough on me. I've been, like, I've been very sick and stuff. And I did want to say something about it on the podcast. I've been very sick. Um, my internet has been very bad. Our schedule has been very erratic for those reasons because we do not have a producer. I am the producer. So if I'm not producing, like it's not happening. And like maybe one day I can like hire a producer so that I can just record and then go to sleep. I used to hate the idea of that. I used to hate the idea of somebody else editing my podcast because I'm just such a control freak. But now I'm just like, you know, if I can sleep, if I can just record and then walk away from my computer and be done, I might be fine with that. Maybe all these like famous people who don't, who don't like edit their own podcast really, really have the right idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I've just, I've just been really sad. I mean, it's been a very sad time, which is probably why I feel like on, if it, 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 under different circumstances, I might have been meaner about this movie, but I just, there's just no reason to be. I mean, I, I feel that way also in the sense of just like, yeah, I, like, it's nice to watch stuff that's just kind of fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> and so even like, when it has problems, I'm like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> this was a nice Ryan, little escape. Ryan Gosling's arms were so sexy. Like, they were just, they were so, his biceps, I was just... Yeah. I was I was entranced. Oh yeah. I mean his he was giving us a lot and I think that we needed it. 
Right. Yeah. I think that it's actually like very rare that I am actually attracted to the man who stars in in these movies. Like, I feel like I barely ever care. I'm always talking about how weird they look and I have nothing. Ryan Gosling is hot. Steve Carell is hot. I have nothing. I just I enjoyed looking at them. Yeah. I mean, like we we love them. We love them. <laughs> we really like we really like all of the main actors in this. Yeah. We yeah, love yeah. Some. We love some Steve Carell with with that facial hair. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Love Julianne Moore. You know that's 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 like one of our greatest actresses. I do yes. believe she's fantastic. She um, Emma Stone is always great. Love to see her and love to see her in a comedy. She re- she's always great. She's in such comedies. a good comedic actress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, well, my de- my dear so, Bronwyn, you can take us out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just gonna do that. Um, you uh, know where to find us. You can find us on iTunes, on on uh, Spotify, everywhere. We love we love uh, reviews. If you want to leave us stars or words, or you don't have to, that's fine too. Our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. They're Seattle based. Um, we are part of the Lunar Light Podcast Network. You should check out all of the podcasts because they're all fantastic. Um, you can check out the Patreon as well. Um, and yeah, you should take care of yourself and be nice to yourself and wear a mask when you go outside and all of the things. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.